both of us work hard. We both have a tendency to keep our head down, and sometimes I need you to tell me, hey, Lee, let's take a break. Sometime, sometimes you need me to tell you it's time to take a break. But basically, we need each other when we have a tendency to be all work and no play. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Well, we are glad to be with you again this week. This is our very first podcast that we're actually doing at the farm. We are in the apartment at the moment. And it's a cloudy kind of damp day and we've had a fire going in the wood stove most of the day today and it sure has been cozy. It sure has and it's working great. hasn't smoked or anything. It's very efficient so um, I highly recommend it. <laughs> we are in love with it. Actually uh, Scott McGill and Joey, his uh, friend, were here earlier working on some things and they are in love with our wood stove too. And I think we've talked about where we got the wood stove, haven't we? We'd like to commend that uh, group in Columbus. Um, Professional Chimney Services in Columbus, Georgia is the company we used. And our stove is a Regency F1100. And it's a teeny little stove, but it's it's oversized for our 600-square-foot apartment. It's more stove than we really need. So uh, right now we have one door and two windows open. So we can enjoy the stove. If we had them closed, the um, stove would have um, run us out by now. Right. But, you know, in preparation for wintertime, we think it'll be just about right when the, for those really cold nights. Well, I think today we wanted to talk about our second principle. You know, we have the three principles. The um, first principle being... Um, We're We're approaching, but we'll never reach subsistence. Right. And the second principle is, it's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we arrived at this a while ago out of a knowledge that you and I both enjoy working. And it's easy for both of us to put our heads down and to be task-focused and to lose track of how hard we're working and the need that we both have to take a break. So we said, if it's not fun while we're doing it, then something's going wrong and somebody needs to speak up. And that's not to say that the work itself can't be fun. Um, Even when I'm throwing sticks on a a burn pile or something, it can be fun when I see we're actually moving toward accomplishing a goal. So work doesn't bother me. I think what bothers me is if we're doing something either that seems futile or that perhaps we're not the people best suited to do it. It's not the best use of our gifts. And there have been several times when I remember you're having said to me, we say this has got to be fun while we're doing it, and this is not fun. And it's been helpful. I, mean, I needed you to tell me that. Right, right. It's, uh, and, and, you know, as, as time goes on and when we have specific instances like that come up, we'll mention them um, because I think that we, we need to know when we're, in danger of violating our own principle. But I do think we keep each other honest. When you get your head down and you're not 
taking a break when you need to or something, I try to, to get you to, and I think you try to get me to um, tear myself away from weeding <laughs> or some of those things. You know, I actually don't mind weeding. I won't say it's fun, but I do sometimes have to be brought in to eat supper or do something. That's right. <laughs> Take a break. Sometimes you have to just have me almost literally come and pull you away from your gardening because it's time for us to move move on. It you know, is addictive. Yeah. Call it a day. That's right. Um, but another thing that we have to keep in mind is that sometimes it can be dangerous not to take a break. And we can get caught up in what we're doing. I'll never forget that day this past summer. We actually had a couple of days that were really hot that we worked outside. But one day in which I had to just come out and tell you, you need to stop working right now. Take I a break. I do remember that. It was a hot, hot, humid day. And we do get hot, humid days here in central Alabama. Uh, the temperature was probably between 95 and 100. And we've had high humidity. And I was working out with the chainsaw on something. I've forgotten what it was. I was out here on Veg Hill. It was We had cut that tree down. And I was trying to uh, deal with the stump. And you could sense that I was getting a little disoriented and you said, honey, we need to take a break. And we came and we sat down underneath the pole barn in the shade and drank water and realized how dangerous that had been. I know. We're, we're getting to the age we can't afford to, to push it like that. So, And we've learned a little bit about how to manage that. That's This is getting a little bit off the subject, but when we're... In the in the past, we've been weekend warriors, where we'll come here on a Friday and we'll work real hard on Friday and real hard on Saturday and then beat it back to Birmingham so we can be back in church on Sunday morning. And so there's a there was a tendency when we were in weekend warrior mode to just pour it on on Friday That's and right. Saturday. Yes. Well, our hope is that we are approaching the point now where we will reside here and we won't have to pour it on on any given day. So when we near the end of a day and we're, it's time for us to stop, we'll just say, well, we'll finish this tomorrow. That's right. So uh, I think we, we know that we can keep each other uh, to that principle as we do the other two and uh, move on. And I guess the other thing about this got to be fun while we're doing it idea is that it addresses our human tendency to work really, really hard today so I'll have fun later. I'm going to put in all of this time today so I'll be secure later. It's all about, you know, I, I want to do something so I can enjoy it later. At our age, we're in our mid-50s, we don't need to do that anymore. If we're not able to enjoy it today, then something's not working right. That's right. But it does make me think that we're doing, we've made some good decisions about where we are because I do enjoy it. Most of the time, I really do. Most of find the time, we enjoy what we're doing. Right. And, but, and I realize uh, my dad died young. He had um, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, better known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, he only lived to be 49 and was a, a minister. He devoted his life to God and um, loved life and exuded this whole principle of loving what he was doing. So I, I realize, or I've grown up conscious of the fact that we aren't guaranteed any certain lifespan. We should make the most of it and enjoy what we're doing. Um, 
and that's um, the legacy my father left me, along with a lot of his books. <laughs> I'm his only child, and um, I've ended up with those. I've housed them at the office where I've worked for 20 years, the past 20 years at Sanford University. But I don't have a place to keep all those books um, here at the farm. We're just, um, and I know that many of them I won't be able to use effectively anyway because they are more designed for someone who is going to be a full-time minister. But I have a lot of former students who plan to be full-time ministers or at least seem to be headed that direction right now. So what I've tried to do to continue Daddy's legacy, I guess I'm sort of going into another topic here, not just our second principle, but uh, except to say that there's a transition phase in life. I'm going from one phase of my working life to where we are now and that um, I want to continue my father's legacy by sharing the books that he left to me for with my students. So and it I, has been fun for me to see how much pleasure and pride you get from sharing those books with others. Not only your students, but your colleagues. Right. I've had some colleagues who've I've I've gifted them some of those books and uh, the, what I especially tell the students and anyone who gets one is that all I ask is that you just remember Wallace Welch. That was my father. He actually was an alumni of alumna alumnus of Sanford University uh, back when it was called Howard College, which is the name it had before he graduated. But um, as long as they there is some meaningful way to continue the uh, tradition. Um, then I'm happy with it. And actually, we're going to be cleaning out my office later this week. I've been saying I'm cleaning it out for a long time, but trying to finalize the process. That'll that'll be some closure. I kind of need that closure. But some of those books you're going to hold on to. Yes, because I'm continuing my work um, in intercultural communication as a consultant. Not so much a professor, but a, a, a private consultant to various groups. And uh, so those books I'm not giving to anyone. I'm keeping them, thank you very much. And I am delighted to see you doing that because I know how much joy you get from your work with intercultural communication. I think you'll enjoy that. Right, and that topic may actually come up in some of our podcasts in the future. You think? I think it might, yes. But uh, another big landmark that happened this week, and this was part of the fun, was um, seeing our flooring, our beautiful uh, what we call it, Bruce Lock and Fold. Uh, it's kind of a natural color wood flooring. Um, and we had covered it up. When we first had the flooring put down, we covered it up with all the cardboard that came from the cabinets that were delivered and the, the flooring itself the actually came in a lot of... components yeah. we've ordered. Yes, and we wanted to uh, protect the flooring while the workmen were here. We know that just in the process of doing what they had to do to make this a nice place to live... Uh, it'd be hard to keep it not only clean, but even from maybe having a dent here and there. So we covered it up, and finally the work's complete enough that we took it up yesterday and have really enjoyed it. It feels a lot more like home, doesn't it? It does. The floor is so beautiful. We had forgotten how beautiful this floor is here. It's a tiny little apartment with 600 square feet uh, that's going to be our home, but um, it just looks beautiful to see it again. That's right. We've also enjoyed uh, having some hot water because I've actually initiated the kitchen. I've made it a, a functional kitchen now. We've got the microwave working. We have, I haven't tried the dishwasher out yet, but uh, just being able to wash dishes and make coffee has been very um, gratifying. You bet. 
It's been nice to be able to do that. Have we talked about the water heater? No, I think you need to tell them how we're getting our hot water. Well, we are using a ream tankless water heater. Um, the way that water heaters work the, in the homes most of us grew up in is they have a tank, a storage tank that you keep hot. And when you call for hot water, it comes out of that tank. Cold water comes in to replace it. And when the water gets cold enough, then the burner or the uh, electric element turns on and you heat it back up. And over time, even if nobody's asking for hot water, the water cools and has to be reheated to that uh, point, whatever it is. Well, a tankless water heater avoids that expense by heating the water only when you ask for it. So if you went for two weeks and never asked for any hot water, like if you were traveling or away or something like that, then it would never turn on. It uses no energy. So we are ex we're excited about that. We know that the, the tankless water heater will be more efficient when we're here and will really pay off in the long run when we, are, when we hope to be living in the house and this will be used less um, regularly than we, than we plan to use it. So that tankless water heater is in and working now along with our generator. We have a standby propane generator and one of the fun things that just happened a few minutes ago when we were preparing to record the podcast is we became aware that the generator was doing its weekly cycle thing and it's so quiet. We're used to a gasoline generator like we have used in at uh, Vestavia Hills and this is so much more quiet. Than in that. fact, the only reason you became aware of it is you walked outside from the house, I mean, sitting with the yeah, doors while closed. While we were in here, I don't think we were aware of it at all. I didn't even notice it. So even if we did have a power outage and had to live with that for a while, other than the fact that it would use a good bit of propane, um, I really, it wouldn't be that painful to have to live that way. I agree. So we're glad to have it. And uh, that, may, that leads up to telling you that <laughs> one of us, guess which one, is actually going to spend the night here for the first time. Since we have hot water, we can take a shower. And uh, the boy is fired up. I am so excited about spending the night on the farm. This will be the first for me. That's right. We have the only shower that we can use right now is in our outdoor shower. The doors are not installed yet on the indoor one. So uh, I decided to uh, take uh, take a pass on <laughs> showering out in the cold night air. But uh, since you're willing to do it, then you get to stay here and see what it's like. And we've had this conversation. I expect now, I don't want to make any allness statements, but I, but I expect I will always want to take my showers outside. I mm. don't expect ever to prefer an indoor shower. But we'll see what you're saying when it goes down to 17 degrees. We'll just find yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> I may have a different orientation then. Uh, we shall see. We got a fun delivery today. We, we should did. tell them about that. We have told you in the past about our uh, damage from the deer. This is the fall and the deer are desperate. They just are eating everything in, that they can find because their normal summer foliage has dried up. And we have sustained a great deal of damage and uh, have decided, okay, it's time we need to install a deer fence around the vegetable cultivation area. 
Right. So we have a, an area of about a quarter of an acre immediately south mm-hmm. of the pole barn. We call it Veg Hill. And we've uh, figured out exactly where we want the deer fence to go. And we took delivery today of all of the components for the deer fence. Yes, we, we have a lot of work ahead of us because we need to prepare the fence line. We need to auger some holes for the, the few, I guess, how many poles are we dropping? Maybe about I think eight. we're sinking 18, 18 posts. And then we, uh, have, we will connect some of the fencing to trees. So as that process goes along, we'll tell you more about it and how, how successful we are. <laughs> uh, but we do plan to rescue the last little watermelon that I found down there. It is small. It's probably not going to be very sweet, but it is one that has escaped the deer. So we're going to try to tr- see how it tastes. And that will be the last watermelon of the season? I think so, mm-hmm. probably. Yes, I think it gets too cold and they don't continue yeah. to ripen. Um, we did. We had another bit of closure today. We ended our long-term relationship with Home Depot. <laughs> it sounds so final. Uh, and it was sort of final for us. It was probably... 14, 15 months ago that we initially contracted with Home Depot for all of the the uh, uh, construction materials for the pole barn and so forth. And um, it's been a good relationship. It's worked out well. Um, we sense that they're a little tired of us. Uh, we think we probably are a little tired of them. So I think they are relieved that this is ending, and so are we. That's right. We're ending our relationship with our final purchase, I guess you could call it that, which is the um, shelving for our closet. We're going from being a his and hers closet kind of family to a one closet family. And uh, that's that's going to require some organization. So what part. we picked up today was some uh, shelving that we will install in that closet. It's a large closet. It's about uh, seven feet by eight feet, so it's a good sized closet. And we lined it with cedar, some cedar uh, siding. Not what would you call that? Just some yeah, I would, uh, yeah, the, the, sheets some, of cedar that we yeah. were able to purchase in Montgomery. And we also uh, will take a big piece of neon tape so that we mark halfway. So you're going to have your half of the closet, and I'm going to have my half of the closet. Right. Yes, I'm sure it will work out that way. <laughs> Well, I can just say my Imelda Marcos shoe days are over. I will have to get a little bit more sane about that. But as a practical matter, I'm sure that you will use most of the space in the closet, and I will use less than half the space in the closet, which is as it should be because people don't notice what I look like, but they notice what you look like, I'm pleased to say. Well, thank you for saying that. I will have to uh, downsize. Let's just <laughs> go on with that and, and, and I will leave need it at to that. downsize as well. <laughs> um, we uh, also have a little bit of finishing work we've done around the apartment, the baseboards. Uh, I think there were some little marks from where the, the carpentry nails had to go in to secure the Just um, secure the baseboard, baseboard to the walls yeah. and so forth. So we patched them over with the spackling compound. I was, wasn't sure we needed to repaint, but I think you decided we probably do need to touch up those places. That would be good. And we have a, a, an issue with the toilet. We we have this dual flush toilet we may have mentioned before. but And we're proud of the dual not... flush toilet, but it appears that um, there was a mix-up in communication between us and Southern Pipe in Montgomery. And as a result, we've ended up with a Sydney Standard 
toilet instead of a Sydney. Uh, this is a Caroma, C-A-R-O-M-A, which is made in Australia. Uh, we intended to order the Sydney Smart toilet, and it appears that through a mix-up, we ordered the Sydney Standard toilet instead, which uses a tad more water than we would like, but is still very efficient. So I think we're going to be fine. Right, right. But that's just another little wrinkle. Tomorrow, we have another visitor coming out here to the farm, and that is uh, Sweet Home Theaters will be installing our TV and sound system. Which I know is exciting news to my bride. Oh, yes. I don't want to miss a single episode of Mad Men, 30 Rock, or Lost, or any of those shows. And you, we had said from the very beginning of this farm proce- planning process that, um, that you did not want to give up your uh, high-quality audio and video, and you haven't. This will be first-rate. So we'll, we'll report on that later. We're just... Uh, Making that transition, we'll be giving up HBO and Showtime, but hey, there's always Netflix. There you go. Next week, we will talk about um, our third principle, which is we don't make all misstatements. So um, we will look forward to visiting with you then. Get us out of here, Adrian. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.